Welcome back to another FACT podcast. This is Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And today we're going to finish part three, the final part of Sarah Who Serotonin. We're going to cover a few little more complicated things related to serotonin, but I think it would be appropriate for the general public and doctors alike to have a little review about this. Now, in part one, we, we introduced serotonin, serotonin being a very growth-orientated monoamine um, piece of uh, protein, basically, and, uh, and modified amino acid, and that serotonin was found in plants, in every animal, and it had some very large evolutionary functions that serotonin was around way before humans, way before mammals, and has had functions in life all around us um, since the beginning of time. It sounds big, but it is. And in part two, we talked about how serotonin can be manipulated, utilized, and maybe we should, you know, take a step back um, before we, you know, start slamming down medications or vitamins or supplements that um, can modify serotonin. And also we went into some of the conditions and, and some of the consequences of um, too much or not enough serotonin. And in part three, um, I promised that I would go over some of the receptors. So as we talked before, uh, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. It binds to a receptor, doorway, if you will, on a cell, and then it tells the cell what to do inside. Now, we think usually of one neurotransmitter or one chemical um, compound binding to a cell and causing a cell to do one specific thing. Not the case in serotonin where there's at least 15 different type of receptors. It's probably larger than that. It's just the ones we've found so far. So serotonin can bind to one type of cell and give a command to that cell to do a certain function. And it can bind to another type of cell and a different type of receptor, different doorway, and tell that cell to do something totally different physiological compared to the other cell. So it's good to understand that, you know, if you up your serotonin, you know, you're just not changing your mood. You're just not changing how you feel. You could be changing all the other functions if that artificial serotonin can get into these other receptors. And that's why certain drugs work better than others for certain serotonin functions because all these drugs approximate the chemical look of serotonin and they fit better in certain receptors. So a lot of these medications, antidepressants is a class, why there's so many different ones that affects the serotonergic system is because of the receptors. The receptors are a little different. So, and they're trying to get a specific effect. So they try one drug, oh yeah, we got, you know, he's uh, not depressed anymore, but he's got tardive dyskinesia and his arms are flapping all over the place, you know, like he's, you know, trying to take off and fly. Well, that's not a good way to be. So, you know, they try to manipulate the molecule to not go into those receptors. So I'm just going to cover them real briefly just so you get an idea of how complicated it is and maybe, maybe get the clue. Maybe you don't want to mess with this. And again, my, uh, you know, warning out there, um, 
If you have any physiological problem, if your physiology is jacked, please see a chiropractor, a medical doctor, osteopath, nurse practitioner, an RN, certified midwife. See someone who is trained to take care of your physiology. Look at it. At least get you on the right road to take care of yourself. This is for information only. So what are these receptors? Are they really doorways? Well, technically, they're kind of like ligands. Um, they're kind of like these little twisted pieces of protein. Um, some of these serotonin receptors look like ribbons, multiple ribbons, on top of each other, next to each other. Again, remember that these serotonin receptors um, affect aggression, anxiety, appetite, cognition, memory, learning, mood, nausea, sleep, thermoregulation, sexual desire, athletic achievement. In fact, these receptors are always in the background to any type of behavior we have. So briefly, you know, 5-HT1A, that's one of the first uh, receptors that we were able to uh, manipulate and create. Um, it's found in blood vessels and your central nervous system. And it's involved in aggression, addiction, anxiety, blood pressure, cardiovascular function, throwing up your heart rate, your impulsivity, you know, whether you want to reach out through uh, your headphones and throat punch me, um, pain perception, sexual uh, behavior, sleep, sociability. Um, you can think about um, autism and how that may have a factor there um, and thermoregulation. Um, receptor 5-HT1B, the next one, it's found in our blood vessels and in our CNS. And that has to do with addiction, aggression, anxiety, learning. This is a big one, locomotion. So this receptor actually helps with locomotion, helps us move and has a function there. Receptor 5-HT1D, D is in dog, found in blood vessels and central nervous system. Um, anxiety, locomotion, vasoconstriction. So you can see how you can get some shakiness, you can get movement when you get too much serotonin in certain receptors. I'm going to skip on to like uh, receptor 5-HT1F, F as in Fred. Now that is found just in the CNS, it's not found in the blood vessels, and it is responsible for migraines. So you can see if someone has depression and you give them certain chemicals that raise serotonin levels, um, you can actually induce a migraine, but they're not depressed anymore. So receptor 5-HT1F is responsible for migraines. Here's one of my favorites, 5-HT2A, 2A. 2A is responsible for addiction, anxiety, appetite, but it's a big one. Your imagination, cognition, um, learning, memory, perception, very much very right brain things. Now imagine if you're messing with that, with certain chemicals. You, if if the, the drug you take can bind to the 5-HT2A, you could change that. And where is it found? Where is this, this receptor found? Ready for this? It's found on your blood vessels, your, your central nervous system, your GI tract, your platelets, your peripheral nervous system. That's a big deal. The nerves going down your arms and legs and in smooth muscle in your body. That's the um, little tiny muscles, ring muscles around your, your blood vessels, the smooth muscles of your intestine. That's a big deal. 
Why would smooth muscle be in, involved in this? Could you imagine that your GI tract has receptors for serotonin that help affect and are responsible for cognition and perception? Think about that now. Now, of course, that does not mean that's the area of your nervous system where perception occurs. I'm just saying, why is it there? Why does it have to be there? Receptor 5-HT2B. To be or not to be, right? Shakespeare. To be. GI motility. This is the one that, that you need. If you have enough serotonin, you can get your, your bowels moving, your intestines moving. It's also responsible for anxiety and sleep. That's important to know. Why is this important to know? And we're just go, going through a handful of these receptors. Some of these receptors have different functions on different areas. Receptor 2C. We're finding it everywhere. GI tract, smooth muscle, um, in your brain, in your CNS, um, in your PNS, your peripheral nerves. So you're finding, you're finding this uh, receptor for this neurotransmitter all over. And what does it do? Oh, my God. 2C modulates addiction. There's some new research out that potentially says it modulates addiction. Barber and Cunningham and oh, was it 2006? I'm going to shoot and say it's 2006. Um, would target the 2A and the 2C um, receptors as what caused dependence on drugs, how you modulate addiction. That's amazing. And where is this receptor found? Everywhere, including the gut. Something to think about. Let's look at 5-HT6 and 5-HT7. Those receptors are responsible for cognition, memory, learning, mood. Seven has a function in how we breathe, respiration. So it, you can't just take serotonin willy-nilly or a medication willy-nilly. What receptors do it affect? And do we really know 100% they're only hitting certain receptors and not others? So what does this mean? Well, there's many theories out there. I'll give you, you know, Fred's theory. But... Many of these different receptors are carryovers from earlier evolutionary times when we were fish, when we were frogs, when we were, you know, just little uh, creatures hiding underneath a log, little mammals after the Ice Age or before the Ice Age. Um, so early mammals. So when we really look at some of these, these receptors are upregulated, downregulated. Some of these have been passed on epigenetically or genetically through evolution for millions of years. Yes, the M word, millions. And they have specific functions. And the amazing thing is they can use the same chemical, serotonin, to affect different effects. You know, controlling respiration, um, movement is really different than mood in sleeping. So, so we have to be very careful when we think we can just drop a certain chemical into our body and get the result we want because, just because we think so. It's like dealing with my four teenage daughters. Just because you think so doesn't make it so. You're not the Wizard of Oz. It doesn't work like that. And I think we're, as a culture of um, uh, physicians and professionals and science, we're all moving that way because we're seeing the side effects and we're seeing some of these uh, manipulations don't work, whether that's nutritionally or pharmaceutically with your doctor or, you know, leaving it alone. And we're finding that maybe there's a different way to balance some of these things. 
Um, sometimes they get really imbalanced and you get something called um, serotonin syndrome. Serotonin syndrome is life-threatening. And that's where you get an imbalance, too much serotonin in, and you can't regulate your heat, your heart rate goes up. Um, my mom, my poor mom, who's suffering from Parkinson's disease, she's kind of in the end stages of it years ago, um, they didn't know what was wrong with her. Her body temperature hit like 106. They thought she had the flu, fever. Um, she's back in uh, Baltimore, and so I'm doing all the phone calls a 1,000 miles away. And I'm um, saying, you know, can you check her for serotonin? She could have serotonin syndrome because she was taking a lot of medications. Maybe she forgot and took too many of her SSRIs um, that she was, they had prescribed. Lo and behold, you know, within two, three minutes, the emergency um, medicine guy said, yeah, that's what it is. And they, we just had to wait it out, um, you know, and hopefully she didn't die from it. So it's, it's life-threatening. So be real careful, especially if you're taking some of these medications and you want to go to a vitamin store or a place you get your nutritional supplements and take 5-HT um, P, which is a one enzymatic step. 5-HTP is one enzymatic step before serotonin. Or you want to take tryptophan or phenylalanine. That's why you really have to be careful when you're manipulating your neurotransmitters. Um, it's not like increasing your water or your protein supply. I hope in this three-part series you have learned that, you know, you have to be very careful when looking at serotonin. And I hope you've also learned how powerful it is. And that, yes, working for a more healthier serotonin supply and cleaner receptors may be your way out of whatever uh, illness or symptoms you're having. A cleaner diet, more movement, more sleep, and definitely more protein. You can't make serotonin without protein. Um, so 100 grams of protein a day, lots and lots of water, lots of sleep. And make sure your sleep, your sleep hygiene, that's what we call it, where you go to sleep, how you go to sleep, and the time you go to sleep is the same day in and day out. That will help reset some of these things. And really watch what foods really upset your guts because 90% of our supply is down in, in the gut. And that, uh, that may be one way to go forward. If that doesn't help, if that's not enough, make sure you go and uh, see someone who can uh, help you with this. And this is Dr. Fred Clary, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast.